Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Written in Blood History, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you've seen the Ken Burns PBS documentary on the Civil War, then you probably know what's coming. In that massive documentary, the Sullivan Ballou letter is probably the single most memorable moment. Ken Burns himself said that later on, everywhere he went, people asked him about the letter. And when I looked up the letter a few months back, I was a tad disappointed that they shortened it a bit. I'm not going to presume to judge the wisdom of Mr. Burns, but I did decide that I would use an almost episode to give the letter a full reading. And don't worry, it's not that long. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Sullivan Ballou was a Rhode Island lawyer who, during the Civil War, anticipated his own death drawing near, and he penned a letter in the event that he was killed, and he died at the Battle of Bull Run a week later. And so now, from the illustrious Written in Blood History microphone, I present to you the letter. My very dear Sarah, the indications are very strong that we shall move in a few days, perhaps tomorrow. Lest I should not be able to write you again, I feel impelled to write lines that may fall under your eye when I shall be no more. Our movement may be one of a few days' duration and a full pleasure, and it may be one of severe conflict and death to me. Not my will, but thine, O God, be done. If it is necessary that I should fall on the battlefield for my country, I am ready. I have no misgivings about, or lack of confidence in, the cause in which I am engaged, and my courage does not halt or falter. I know... How strongly American civilization now leans upon the triumph of the government, and how great a debt we owe to those who went before us through the blood and the suffering of revolution. I am willing, perfectly willing, to lay down all my joys in this life, to help maintain this government, and to pay that debt. But, my dear wife, when I know that with my own joys I lay down nearly all of yours, and replace them in this life with cares and sorrows, when, after having eaten for long years the bitter fruit of orphanage myself, I must offer it as their only sustenance to my dear little children. It is weak or dishonorable, while the banner of my purpose floats calmly and proudly in the breeze, that my unbounded love for you, my darling wife and children, should struggle in fierce though useless conflict with my love of country. Sarah, my love for you is deathless. It seems to bind me to you with mighty cables that nothing but omnipotence could break. And yet my love of country comes over me like a strong wind and bears me irresistibly on with all these chains to the battlefield. The memories of blissful moments I have spent with you come creeping over me, and I feel most gratified to God and to you that I have enjoyed them so long. And hard it is for me to give them up and burn to ashes the hopes of future years. When, God willing, we might still have lived and loved together and seen our sons grow up to honorable manhood around us. I have, I know, but few and small claims upon divine providence, but something whispers to me, perhaps it is the wafted prayer of my little Edgar, that I should return to my loved ones unharmed. If I do not, my dear Sarah, never forget how much I loved you, and when my last breath escapes me on the battlefield, it will whisper your name. Forgive my many faults and the many pains I have caused you. How thoughtless and foolish I have often been. 
How gladly I would wash out with my tears every little spot upon your happiness and struggle with all the misfortune of this world to shield you and my children from harm. But I cannot. I must watch you from the spirit land and hover near you while you buffet the storms with your precious little freight and wait with sad patience till we meet to part no more. But, O oh Sarah, if the dead can come back to this earth and flit unseen around those they loved, I shall always be near you. In the brightest day and in the darkest night, amidst your happiest scenes and gloomiest hours, always, always. And if there be a soft breeze upon your cheek, it shall be my breath, or the cool air fans your throbbing temple, it shall be my spirit passing by. Sarah, do not mourn me dead. Think I am gone and wait for thee, for we shall meet again. As for my little boys, they will grow as I have done and never know a father's love and care. Little Willie is too young to remember me long, and my blue-eyed Edgar will keep my frolics with him among the dimmest memories of his childhood. Sarah, I have unlimited confidence in your maternal care and your development of their character. Tell my two mothers, his and hers, I call God's blessing upon them. O oh Sarah, I wait for you there. Come to me and lead thither my children. Like I said, I first discovered that letter in the Ken Burns PBS documentary about the Civil War, and man, it just gives you chills listening to that. So hopefully I did justice to Sullivan Ballou. I appreciate you guys tuning into this almost episode. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is at SDeJulius. You can reach me by email at stephen.dejulius at gmail.com, or you can shoot me a message on the show Facebook page. If you want to become a patron of the show and help support these podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash history. And there you can sign up to become a supporter of the show. Every little bit helps, believe me. Another big way to help the show is to leave me a rating or review wherever you listen. And as always, I recommend that you review all your favorite podcasts. Us indie podcasters live and die by those reviews. We love them. So that's it. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks with another full episode. And this has been Written in Blood History, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. We'll see you guys later. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.